Hello and welcome to another great episode of Chai Spirits, guys. I'm Parker. I'm John. And we have another very exciting episode for you. Uh, it's a special day today, the day we're recording this. It is National Margarita Day. Woohoo! Which is certainly not a made-up holiday to sell more tequila. Oh no, definitely not made up by Margarita Zinc. <laughs> but in honor of this day, we are going to do a tequila podcast for you. Uh, we have a favorite brand of mine, Corazon. Um, and that means what? That's a great question, John. I have no idea. <laughs> I, uh, I was very bad at Spanish in high school, despite being el presidente del club de español. I don't even know what that means, though. I was president of the Spanish club in high school, yet my Spanish is not great. That's fair. Um, because your vice president was really what, the person who did all the work? That's not important, John. Uh, actually, I do know what Corazon means, but uh, I, I like giving that uh, little anecdote about me being bad at Spanish in high school. Uh, Corazon means heart. I just looked that up, and that's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, it's also on that rundown in front of you. <laughs> that's where I looked it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it means heart, and they're generally talking about the heart of the agave. And, you know, oh. the heart of the drinker probably, too. I imagine there's a multiple meanings to that. That's a, That makes a good name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, give you a little background on this fine tequila brand. Yeah, tell me about Corazon. I don't know anything about them. Um, they are over 130 years old, John. Wow, that's pretty old. Yeah, uh, Casa San Matias, a family-owned distillery uh, located in the highlands of Jalisco. And I believe the head of the distillery now is, uh, is Carmen Villarreal. My apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. I don't think they'll mind. But uh, uh, yeah, so we were saying Corazon means heart, first of the piña or heart of each agave plant. Nurtured and harvested in the highlands and used to create Corazon. Now remind me, so to be tequila, hmm. does it have to come from Jalisco or what's the regional um, uh, requirement? It's, it's not just Jalisco. It can be, but it's mostly Jalisco. It's, there's there's some, some of the outlying areas, but it's very specific as to where it can be grown hmm. to be considered tequila. And from that Blue Weber agave. Blue Weber. That we, uh, that we all love so much. But uh, yeah, so... They're very big on terroir over at Corazon. Hmm. And from your wine training, John, you know terroir refers to the, the soil. Soil where the it's ground. Grown. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, What is it? Um, yeah, that's uh, Latin? No, what is that? Terroir. I, you know, I don't know the base of that word. I we, are, we are really flexing our, our foreign language skills here. Yeah, we're, we're not great. <laughs> not great. Probably French would be my oh, guess. Oh, firma terra was Latin for firm earth. Okay, yeah. That makes sense then. Yeah. I mean, doesn't everything kind of come from, you know, Latin and then whatever was before Latin, Greek, before Latin? Yeah, you know, there's got to be, you know. Um, But yeah, so the soil there is very rich in iron oxide and the extreme temperatures of the warm days and cool nights create a climate where it takes longer for the agave to uh, mature. It's the quality of the agave and its juice that creates the foundation of the superiority found within the tequila. Mm. And that is definitely not something I took directly from their website. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Uh, I can see you not reading that. You were just taking it from your memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the agave takes seven to ten years uh, to ripen. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They then, uh, it's taken in clay ovens for 48 hours at 194 degrees. They're very specific on the temperature. That is, yeah. Mm-hmm, for 48 hours. Uh, cooked agaves are then crushed and mixed with local spring water. So another unique part of that, this particular brand is the local spring water they're using. Uh, it undergoes two phases of distillation, uh, then is oxygenated to enhance the flavor and aroma. Hmm. Interesting. The oxy- 
That's a that's a different part of the process. I haven't heard of that with spirits. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty interesting. I uh I got to get a chemist on to give me more information on that. But uh, apparently, it really adds adds a little bit to the uh, the flavor, though. So that's interesting. I'm like the opposite of a chemist. I did terrible in chemistry in high school. So we definitely need support in that area. <laughs> Noted. Listener, if you're a chemist, you're welcome on. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you. Uh, all of our chemists out there, please uh, hit us up at, at Chai Spirits, guys. Uh, they're the first tequila distillery to participate in the United Nations Carbon Footprint Program. Footprint program. Oh, this is sustainable now. Yeah, so they, you know, they have a, uh, a biodigester. I can't mispronounce that. Biodigester. Bio there we go. Uh, on site that breaks down organic waste and converts it to energy. So this is next wave spirits production. Yeah, they are, you know, they're at the forefront of some of this stuff, which is great. And uh, they're also known for an inclusive culture. Uh, they were recognized um, as a, in air quotes here, great place to work by one of the, you know, places that recognizes those sorts of things. So, right, right. Um, yeah, all, like, all in all, they are really trying, doing a lot to be an organization that is welcoming and they're trying to be green and doing a lot of, uh, environmentally conscious and socially conscious things. So that's really That's kind of cool. Well, so yeah. um, not to be too cynical, but who are they owned by? Is there not like a bigger company that owns them? It, uh, they're family owned. And uh, I, yeah, but Carmen um, is also, right. also female run. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Just such a big name. I didn't realize they were, you know, it's always surprising to see like a big name owned by one family. But Brown Foreman, they're owned by one family. So. Yeah, you know, and they're 100, 130 years old. Yeah. They've been doing it for a while. Uh, yeah, so in front of us today, we've got three expressions. We have their Blanco. Which means unaged, is that the... Yeah, Blanco okay. is unaged. Uh, their Reposado, which is, and just in general, is aged anywhere from three months to a year, a uh, less, but specifically less than a year. And an Añejo, which is aged between a year and two years. And uh, what I really like about this brand is the price point in that these retail for, I mean, the Blanco for just over 20 the Reposado, I think, is like 25, 27, depending on where you're getting it from. Wow. And the Yeho is like 30-ish. Wow, that's all take. really close together. Yeah, 30, 35 maybe. It's like, it's pretty, really reasonably priced, which is one of the things I love about them. The, uh, I have had the Blanco before and the Reposado. Uh, so full disclosure, the Blanco is a favorite of mine for uh, tequila cocktailing. So hmm. good times. But let's, I'm excited. I cannot wait to try these. Yeah, let's let's taste some tequila. But first, just a quick word from our sponsor. And we're back. We've got the Corazon Blanco in front of us. And as we said, this is unaged, as, as Blancos are. What do you get on that nose, John? It's got a little smoky smell, as could be expected, but it's pretty light. It's got... I kind of get a nice little like sweetness on the nose. Yeah, relative to yeah, little little sweet fruit going on. Yeah, I can't pick it. uh, Yeah, I'm diving right in. Yeah. Tastes like tequila. Ooh, that's peppery. I like that (laughs) a lot. I like that. It's not really smoky. It's really like white pepper, black pepper, fresh. Yeah, there's definitely some nice spice on that finish. I'm still feeling it now. That's good. A mm. um, little bit of minerality. Yeah, it's um, herbal too. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's got kind of an anise kind of, and I do like, you know, I like that a lot. I know you love anise. Yeah. Yeah. A couple nieces. Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> as long as they're age appropriate. <laughs> um, 
No, it's got kind of like a, um, almost like that uh, absinthe flavor to it as well. Like, you know, absinthe is kind of like anise a little bit, but it's kind of its own thing because it's got all those other herbs and stuff and it. Usually, mm -hmm. like if you're doing like Pernod. And this kind of reminds me of that. I really like that. Yeah, no, this is, you can definitely sip this on its own. Mm hmm. But uh, as I said, this is my, one of my go to cocktail tequilas. Great in a margarita, great in a paloma. And now it's 80 proof, or I mean, mm -hmm. for, uh, 40% 80 proof. So, mm -hmm. does that affect the cocktails that you'd want to put this in at all? Or not, would you? Not, not really, because when I'm doing tequila cocktails, I'm generally not looking for a super high proof thing whereas because tequilas aren't normally that high proof right no not really i mean there are some that are a little higher but for the most part yeah it's like they're all like 80 90 yeah you're not not, not a ton of 125 proof tequilas kicking around so then when people get really drunk on like a margarita is it just because there's a lot of tequila in the margarita yep i see i see i mean also people get drunk on tequila shots but usually that's because you're doing a lot of tequila shots i don't remember ever getting drunk on any tequila shots yeah, I'm sure you don't remember a lot from that night. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, we've got the Reposado. Now, unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, as I open this new bottle, um, this is not their normal Reposado. Hmm. Um, they do some – we picked this up at, uh, in Woodman's up in Wisconsin – and this particular one was aged in a Buffalo Trace barrel. Oh, a lot of fans are going to like that. Mm. Which they do these periodically. I've had a, uh, I've had a Buffalo Trace aged one of these before. And uh, no, it's, it's pretty cool. But I mean, it's, I, I hate, I hate's a strong word. I generally would have preferred if it was a normal a Reposado. Reposado. So this is going to be a little different than your basic normal one. It's like but, a single barrel, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is that the idea? Mm hmm and are these hard to come by, or these come out pretty frequently? Uh, they come, they come pretty frequently, honestly. Like I've seen them a number of times, so that's why I didn't feel bad about having this as our our reposado for this. And it's it was, and it's the same price, which I think is the important thing. That they just they charge you the same price for the regular reposado price. Well, it comes with this like really pretty metal. I mean, God, it's like you ran a marathon to get this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> mm, Woodman's employee owned too. Oh, yeah. Woodman's is great up in Wisconsin. Our Wisconsin listeners all know that. Yeah. Good stuff. We always try to stop there when we're up in Wisconsin visiting the grandparents up there. Because that's the grandparents like hanging out at Woodman's. Yeah. Oh, now, this... now, the nose on this is pretty different than the first one. It's got like a cocktail sauce kind of smell to it. Mm -hmm. radishy. Yeah, I get a little more vegetal on it, too. Yeah. Like... Yeah, totally vegetal. So this particular one is aged six to eight months in American oak, and in this case, Buffalo Trace. What are you getting on the palate there? I just took a sip. Hmm. I actually don't know if I love what the oak did to this. I'm going to take another sip, but on first sip, I'm. what are you getting on it? Like, what can I appreciate from this? Or maybe you don't. Yeah, this is, um, let me have another sip of it. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. I think that might have something to do with the... Uh, In fact, we just opened it up. Yeah, it's just open, single barrel. But you know, I'll, the palate's a little flat. The finish is nice. but I, I like the finish quite a bit. 
But honestly, I don't know that I find the finish better than what we just have the Blanco. Well, I do feel like the spice is a little bit more well-rounded. Mm. Um, I get a little bit, I honestly get a little more of the herbalness, herbaceousness on this than I did on the first one. I got, I got way more of the spice on the first one. John's going back for a second taste. Yeah, I, I took a uh, either a small pour or a big sip, and I got to... It's very thirsty, yeah. understandably. Well, I, I took a, a sip of uh, my palate cleanser here to try to give it another try, but honestly, I'm not getting much more out of it. Mm, yeah, this is not my favorite of these that I've had, unfortunately. What do you, I mean, do you think it's, um, I don't dislike it though. It's just, um, it's a little plain, I think is the problem. Yeah. Um, that's exactly how I would describe it too. Yeah. I was kind of hoping and get a little bit more barrel influence. I do think it like, I feel like it did round out a lot of the stuff, which is with tequila as, as you age it, you, you lose generally the agave and you gain the barrel the older it gets. Oh, I see. So you you know the agave brightness and spiciness and fruitiness, the older it gets, the less that you get. And like tequila, I have not had a lot of like really old tequilas that I've enjoyed because you, you get to a point where it's like it's not it doesn't even taste like tequila anymore. But I was kind of hoping we I feel like we lost some of the agave, but we didn't get as much on the barrel as I would have liked. And I I got to think that's got more to do with this particular barrel. Yeah. Because I've had other expressions of this before that I've really enjoyed. Because this is, again, this is uh, 40% 80 proof, but it tastes like watered down almost. Yeah, you know? it's, God, it's a little flat. Ah, oh, so disappointing. I, uh, so I'm such a fan of the brand, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the danger of a single barrel. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, who doesn't love gambling? And buying a single barrel is mm-hmm. gambling every time. Yeah. The last two single barrels of this I've gotten were absolutely killer, and this is not. No offense to Woodman's. I still love you. Well, no. yeah. All right. We'll still keep shopping with you. Also, we can come back to this bottle. Uh, and see if it changes in flavor. That is true. Just open it. Get that neck pour, as the, the kids say. So maybe it'll uh, it'll age into uh, into something. Yeah. I mean, that's happened to me for so many bottles, so. All right. So. Don't write it off. We've got one left. Viñejo. I'm going to pass this to you, This John. is noticeably um, uh, darker. It's Much amber. Much darker, yeah. Yeah. Really pretty. Now, just to before we get into this, I do want to touch one more thing on that reposado. Yeah. So the the notes on the normal the normal version of this that I took off the website is uh, on the palate earthy tones on the palate with support from soft vanilla, um, almond, fresh herb flavor, round on the palate and refined. I got the roundness of it. I got the herb flavor. I would I actually maybe I got a hint of vanilla. I just thought I would have liked it to be a little bit more like more complex yeah yeah you know round on the palate might be a nice way of saying kind of plain well just like you know um white bread you know it's not very uh super flavorful but it's not gonna upset anybody yeah if i was at a bar and you give me a shot of this i would not be upset with you maybe we should check our bias at the door for a second and that we both like kind of intense flavoring a little bit that's true i mean we're both complex people who like complex spirits. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but we do like complex spirits. Yeah. But, you know, again, I I could drink a lot of that in, in a sitting and it'd be fine. But 
no, I, you know, I've again had expressions of this that were better. The single barrel, maybe it just needs to be open for a while. We're going to do an experiment on this. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. So now we're moving on to the Añejo. Yes, the Añejo. This particular one is aged 16 to 18 months in American oak. Hopefully not that same barrel. <laughs> it's the exact same <laughs> barrel. Yeah, they just like pulled this later. It's just the one barrel they've got. <laughs> you know if they did that, they would be putting a neck tag on this too. <laughs> of course. This is like aged in like very old barn barrels. Not that that's bad, but you know, they're not selling it for that. No, no, they're not. Oh, it smells really good. It smells um, back to peppery again. Yeah, that's, I like the aroma on this. But it's still got like a vegetal um, kind of less smoky, more... Um, yeah, it, it's got a little Mezcali vibe there because it's definitely some vegetalness. Yeah. What do you think? It's another one that I like to finish a lot better than the palate, but I, I like this better so far on first mm -hmm. sip mm -hmm. than the um, Reposado. I'm actually really surprised by this because with whiskey, I mean, hands down, white dog doesn't taste as good as anything that's been aged for even a little bit. Mm -hmm. But in this circumstance, I mean, I'm going to go back to the Rep the Añejo again, but the Blanco was like, from the first sip, something I really enjoyed. Yeah. A lot of people with tequila feel that way. That's they, There are a lot of plenty of people who prefer a Blanco. To what am I missing then? Like, I feel like I'm missing then something about like... What others are getting, like clearly something is gained by aging it. Is it that it milds it out and people like that? Yeah. Well, it's a combination of things where you're, and it has a lot to do with what you're getting out of the barrel, but yeah, you're, you're getting more of that. I don't want to say the bourboniness of it, but like you're getting more of the barrel influence that's giving you those, you know, vanilla, caramel, baking spice flavors that you typically get in American oak barrels. A lot of, not everything's American oak, but a yeah. lot of it's American oak. And uh, whereas with the Blanco, you're getting a lot of those, you know, a fresh agave, like sweet fruit, pepperiness um, that you get from the unaged version. And some people just like that better, which is fine. I mean, all the mezcals that I am so hot on, like none of those are aged at all. Yeah. Uh, so that's, there's definitely something to that. It'd be weird. Honestly, it'd be weird if you try to age those. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if maybe this is like the versatility of corn as a distillate and how well that ages over time versus like other, some other spirits that just like this. I mean, there, there's a reason why even in the Añejo is aged for an amount of time that whiskey just generally, at least corn whiskey would not be very good. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there's plenty of really good Añejos as, uh, uh people can attest to. Oh yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. I know I've had them too. Yeah, I actually hadn't had this in Yeho before now, and I'm kind of, I don't, again, I don't mind it. And again, it's, and I also I like, what I like, really like about it is the price point. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm trying it again, and each time I try it, I like it better. But what, what I like about it is what it's retained from the Blanco, and not what it's picked up from the barrel. Because I'm not really getting much of the barrel, at least not anything that I normally get it from whiskey that I like. Which is like, you know, vanillas. And I'm not really getting any vanillas or cherry or anything like that. Yeah. Are no. you? I mean, maybe uh, I'm missing not, it. Not really. I wonder if it's because like the agave distillate, like kind of. I'm getting, I am getting more of this on the Añejo, a lot more of it on then on the Reposado. More of the barrel. I actually do kind of, now that I'm having it for a little bit here, I actually do kind of like it. Mm. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not as complex as I was hoping. Well, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I do but, like uh, it. 
but I actually do like it. The the repo I just it wasn't great, and that's fine. But the añejo, this particular barrel, but the añejo, I don't mind. Again, like I could drink this for a while. It's I it's a little too muted. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what you said there about yeah. There was a, some good stuff in that blanco, and then it kind of got muted out by the añejo without adding. Which you're gonna get in añejo, but yeah, you want to add a lot more, like that. Uh, uh, the Codigo or Codigo, if I've been I've been corrected as, as really? pronunciation. Which, I, which I don't one know. Is it? I have no idea, but I keep calling it Codigo. It's a it's a tequila. Yeah, we we did an episode on it, Steve and I, and uh, we didn't try the añejo in that one, but I've subsequently had the añejo and it is freaking amazing. Actually, I take it back. We did do the añejo in that, and it was freaking amazing. Mm. And uh, that's probably my favorite tequila right now. And I wish we had a sample of that to compare it. Well, that wouldn't be fair. I mean, those, that goes for 110 bucks. This goes for like 32 or something. Right, 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 right. But uh, and that, it's the añejo specifically that you enjoy of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, their whole line is it's just a higher end line. Yeah. Like, what's their blanco go for? 50 bucks. Yeah. Wow. For, like 40 or 50 bucks. Um, and they they have a rosa, which is very unique to them, and then a reposado añejo, an extra. Añejo. Is a rosa like a middle age? Well, rosa is a very unique to them thing. They age it for a month in. Uh, California wine barrels. Oh, I see. So it's kind of interesting, but it's uh, red. yeah, actually a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean that's just another level thing. But for honestly, for the price of this, I'm not mad about it. I just I was had higher hopes, I suppose. Well, all right. So let's talk about some of the things you could do with this because it's more muted. It probably would you could put this on a cocktail and it would be dangerous because you wouldn't even know it was there. Now I think this Inejo is a great candidate, especially because the price is reasonable enough. For a, a cross, some crossover cocktails, like you could do some something maybe you would use a brandy for or a bourbon for mm. with this tequila, and I'd be interested to try it. But I would. What we are going to do today is we are going to try the blanco uh, in a paloma. Oh shoot! <laughs> I appreciate you not cursing, though you are allowed to curse in this podcast. Well, I think people. I mean, this podcast is aimed at people who are twenty-one and up, but some of those people have principles, Parker. That's that's true because they're still in school, right? They have principles. Yeah. <laughs> I meant the other spelling. This is what happens when I I have the headphones on and I'm producing the podcast. When producer Jenny's away, the terrible jokes. What is Jenny out. doing tonight? Uh, she is at a musical. Is it a musical about spirits at all? It is not. Is there a musical about spirits that we could we could? Go check out. Is that a thing? Um, is Casper a musical? He's a friendly ghost. That is very true. He's the friendliest ghost we know. But we are going to try a uh, a Corazon Paloma. How are we going to do this? So we're going to use the Corazon Blanco. We're going to use some of uh, grapefruit. Now, we've been doing a little um, interesting mix here with grapefruit soda from Fever Tree and, and grapefruit juice, combining that together with tequila. What? Yeah. So we are going to try that cocktail in just a second here. I am stoked. All right. So we've got this hopefully delicious Paloma in front of us. Uh, Again, kind of wish Jenny was here for this one as uh, she's the bartender of the group. We are back, and this is interesting. I saw Parker make this, kind of eyeballing it a little bit, and also didn't even do that little, like, you know, a little coffee straw that bartenders use to like sip their creation to see if it's any good. So no, we went we for really it. going blind. Went for it. But it's tequila, uh, grapefruit juice, and grapefruit soda, which has been 
an interesting blend that uh, that Jenny discovered recently that we've enjoyed. So we'll see how it is with this Corazon Blanco. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Yeah, that's really good. That's fine, just fine. Yeah. I'm going to hand it to you for having eyeballed that. Your eyeballs work well. Yeah, I feel like that's right around tequila. But I I really like that Blanco in cocktails, and uh, it, it's showing it right now. Yeah, there's just the right amount of it. You, you did get. I mean, if I had to guess based on me watching you eyeball it, I would say this was probably like, what, just like a, almost a little bit less than one part tequila, 1.75 of the the grapefruit soda or the, uh, and then the grapefruit juice was like maybe like yeah. one. It, yeah, it's mostly like more of the soda than the juice for sure. Yeah, yeah. I try to go two to one. Soda and juice there. Oh, I see. But uh, yeah, no, good cocktail. I love, I honestly love a good Paloma. And this tequila is good for it. So if you're looking for a good good uh, cocktail tequila. You know, it is kind of like us to drink a Paloma on National Margarita Day. Yep. I know it's National Margarita Day. I just prefer Paloma. This <laughs> is my tequila <laughs> cocktail of choice. That's and, fair. I like grapefruit better than lime anyway. And we've got a ton of grapefruit soda. So <laughs> I really need to use it. <laughs> it's going to be National Paloma Day somewhere. Right. Let's 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 assume this was National Paloma Day instead. Anyway, guys, that is our Corazon episode. Um, thanks so much for joining us. We uh, we have some fun stuff coming up next month. Oh, I'm so excited. We are working on a March Madness uh, themed series of podcasts where we're going to have a a little competition, a little bourbon tournament. Can we tell? I mean, it's the National Bourbon Championship. That's right. We're going to have 16 uh, bourbons, tournament format, you know, win it, you know, just you got to win and continue, you know, single elimination, win and you're in. So it's like the Sweet 16 for NCAA. Basically, yeah. Essentially the exact same thing. We're going to have a, a panel of judges doing side-by-side tastings to see who advances. Who's our panel? Who's our, our judge panel? Well, ideally it's going to be um, you, me, and Steven. Yes, our chai spirits guys. And we're gonna do best of three. So, you know, so if there's a disagreement, whoever you know, majority rules to move that on to the next round. And so we'll we'll taste it, and without talking to each other, write it down, and then just see which one won. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll try to keep it as uh, unbiased as possible. But very excited for that in the next uh, in the next few weeks to a month. The National Bourbon Championship. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. And then as always, uh, if you have, uh, please feel free to share your ideas with us for episodes, chispiritsguys at gmail.com. We don't have anybody on the mailbag, do we, today? Uh, no, no mailbag today. Oh, good. You know, th- sometimes I'm just like, this is, there's just so much, so much to, to sift through. But, you know, we, we appreciate all you guys, though, for your, uh, your continued support and comments and questions, and uh, we'll, we'll get a mailbag next episode. But uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, see Again, find us on Instagram, at Chai Spirits, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.